Seinfeld, the movie is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap here on postshowrecaps.com. It's a podcast about nothing, Akiva. And now here are the two guys who have just gotten the 25-year anniversary of Checkmate on Blu-ray. I'm Rob Sussman. Here's Akiva Winokur. Uh, first of all, let's get right to it. I don't want to talk about Back to the Future anymore. Okay. But this, this Seinfeld, the movie. Okay. What what would they need to offer Jerry for him to say yes? It's now How much money. Seinfeld the movie. Okay, and again, this is the episode we're talking about is the movie. So if there was going to be Seinfeld the movie, is it a reimagining or is it a pickup where the is it like the entourage version of like it's the same characters, it's just like picks up again, it's it's like a few years beyond the Curb Your Enthusiasm 10-year anniversary. Well, it's the it's yes, it's like the entourage version. It, like Johnny Drama even shows up. I think it's I think it's just like I actually think if they did something like that, they would go sort of smaller and just do like a regular long episode and not try and do something epic like the finale. Okay. Interesting. So how much I don't think there would be enough money that they would do it. There's not enough money in the world to get the four of them back in a room. No. I think you'd have to do some sort of like Seinfeld reimagining, I feel like at at, at this point. Like where John Mulaney is Jerry. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are not covering that on Post Show Recast. We wouldn't cover Seinfeld the movie starring John Mulaney as Jerry. I I, maybe we would, but I don't. I I feel like the reviews are not going to be not going to be very kind to John Mulaney. Jonah Hill is George Costanza. Oh no! Where are we casting? Who's Kramer? Boy, uh, you need somebody. You could come up with somebody. Oh, no. And then who's Elaine? Don't say Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> a lot, uh, we got a lot of casting suggestions, and a few people wanted Melissa McCarthy to be the new Christopher Lloyd. I think that Melissa McCarthy, I believe, is is probably in her. Is she got to be in her forties, right? Oh, she's called, well, She's Christopher Lloyd. I, if once oh, I, 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 I misspoke that. Uh, I, I thought as Marty, like well, she's the. Uh, she would be good as, as Doc. That, that's fine. But let's not get too far down this rabbit hole today yeah. of recasting Seinfeld the movie. Uh, by the way, have you ever seen Seinfeld, the adult movie? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Have you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Nicole, uh, turn this off. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe it's called Seinfeld, a XXX parody. That's, it, that's the best name they could co- come up with. I think that's the legally, uh, safe name that they're allowed to use. Yeah. But usually isn't it a pun on the, on the word somehow? Uh, I think that they're allowed to just just call it like somebody could do post show recaps uh, and XXX parody and we just couldn't do anything about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are we cast? Are we casting that right now? Yeah. All right. Who would be who would be me? In, Rob, uh, I think I just want to remind you, like a month ago on the podcast, I was named head of HR. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to stop right now. Yes. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, it was not that funny. The uh, the XXX. Oh, it wasn't parody. funny. It wasn't that funny. Was Ron Jeremy involved? I don't think so. Sometimes He's usually involved in these things, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was nominated for several AVN Awards, I will say. Have you, I mean, I, I, have you ever been to the AVN Awards? I've never been to the awards, no. That would, that would make for a good podcast, probably. I'm sure it would, but probably not this podcast. <laughs> no, well, no, not for us. For Unless sure we went the year Seinfeld and XXX Parody was nominated. We'd have at least news for that week. That would be very easy. 
yeah. One day, maybe that should be in between the season four and season five break. We'll we'll review the plot of Seinfeld, the XXX parody. Oh no, I have so many ideas that people sent in already. I think I think we're tapped out for for that uh, show. Yes. Um. Spoiler alert: the plot has a lot to do with the porn Nazi. The porn. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. So we're talking I would, about. I would have thought the Bubble Boy would be involved. Don. <laughs> yeah. So we are talking about Seinfeld the movie. Uh, this is the episode, of course, where uh, everybody's trying to go to the movies at the same day. They want to see Checkmate. They end up going to see Rochelle. Rochelle. Jerry is like cab hopping all around to go from different stand up places. He's in a car with a guy. Uh, what's what's the guy's name? Uh, his, uh, the guy's name who's in the car with his buckles. Buckles, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we spend a lot of time with that guy, who's sort of like a proto Banya. Uh, yeah, is he a more annoying Banya or like a less annoying Banya? Yeah, he's a less funny Banya. Yeah, I mean that's true. He's he's a little bit more nebbish, like he's very desperate. Yeah, a little a little bit more, but he's pretty much the same exact character as Banya. I wonder if they were going to use this guy. And he wasn't available, and then they used Banya to, you know, bring this guy back instead. Yeah, well, if they ever did the Seinfeld movie, I'm pretty sure Buckles would be very available <laughs> to reclaim his spot. How many Twitter followers does Buckles have in real life? The are, character. Are you asking Buckles? me? Yeah, oh, I know the answer. I'm asking. Um, Two hundred. Less. Oh boy, is he an actual comedian? That guy? Yes, he's a comedian. He's he's got a site. He's got tour dates and everything. Yeah, and does he like? Very much on his Twitter. Is it like as seen on Seinfeld? No, I don't. He mentions it on his website, but it's not on his, uh, it's not on his Twitter at all. Okay. All right. Well, we will go through everything here. Of course, this is the first episode of 1993 on Seinfeld. Uh, yes. And uh, it was written by uh, Steve Scrovan. Oh. Uh, Bill Masters. Yes. And uh, most interestingly, John Heyman, who was the bubble boy, speaking of him. <laughs> In yeah. his, I think he was like a writer's assistant, and I gave the, I guess they gave him like a writing credit here because it's his only writing credit. Uh, he's also on Twitter, but did not respond to my invite to come on the show and talk about it. Okay, well, what are you going to do? Anyway, so we're going to go through everything from uh, this episode. We're going to take your emails and all sorts of good stuff here along the way, talking about Seinfeld, the movie, which is very confusing because it really sounds like that there is going to be a movie version of Seinfeld. Yeah, I think, and again, they really put very little thought into the titles about what, like, a podcast title would be, you know, 25 years later. So, you know, we can't really fault them on that, but, you know, the way we have to say it does sound silly. Yeah, I feel like, if anything, this episode should be called The Movie Theater. Or theaters, because they're really bouncing forth, <laughs> you know, back and forth between the yeah, two. Yeah, one or the other, but I feel like the movie is just uh, way, way too generic. But anyway, Akiva, do we have any Seinfeld news before we jump in? Sure. So uh, Jerry gave um, a speech of some kind, or he was interviewed at the Vulture Festival in New York. Okay. And he, uh, it's crazy, right? 20, you know, however many years later, we're still getting news every week uh, that's never been discussed before. So Jerry said they had one episode, uh, another lost episode, that uh, he had an idea, and it was all written out. And uh, it was the Seinfeld characters in Claymation. Yes. I feel like I've heard this before, and they ended up like when they were trying to come up with weirdo episodes in the ninth season, and they did the backwards episode, so they were going to do the claymation episode. Uh, it's possible that he has said this before, but it was certainly presented as like, you know, in the media who reported it after is like, this is, you know, new news. Okay. Uh, and right, he said that they didn't do it because people kept saying to him that 
Tim Allen did it already the year before in Home Improvement. Uh, but his idea also was that not only were they going to do claymation, they weren't going to announce it at all. And so you were just going to like turn it on and it was going to be a Seinfeld claymation episode. Yeah. They ended up doing it on Community also. Right. Or, really? was that, or was it not claymation? It was like sort of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer type. Uh, anime. I don't know what you call that. In Hammer Time, in the 90s, claymation was way more popular. It was way more popular. That, I that, feel this like, is the, like whoever, whoever's a claymation artist is out of business at this point. Right. Because when does Toy Story drop? This is sort of like the final days, <laughs> the final glory days, the one last hurrah for claymation. And then once Toy Story happens, then it's just forget about it. Uh, yeah, do you remember, what was it called? Celebrity Deathmatch? That was Claymation, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, Toy Story is 1995, but I think it was probably way too expensive. I think there's probably like a little bit of a sweet spot for Claymation before, you know, Pixar type stuff got more affordable for everybody else. Right. Plus, this was TV still like, you know, that's, that's yeah. movie stuff like too expensive. And ironically, uh, Tim Allen, big part of Toy Story. So I'm not sure uh, if he was trying to stick it to everybody at Pixar and say, hey, or maybe... He wanted to do Pixar-type stuff, and they said, well, we can only afford claymation. I will, I, obviously, we're going to get way more into that when we do our Home Improvement episode. <laughs> yes. On the Home Improvement Podcast. Uh, is that the best name we got, Home Improvement Podcast? But, well, we'll work on that. We'll work on that. We don't really have a lot of great names. We're very try to be SEO-friendly with these names. But anyway, all right, any other Seinfeld news? I think that's, I think that's it for, uh, for this week. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'll, there's like 200 home improvement episodes. We might want to get started on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll work on that right after this. So let's get into Jerry's stand-up. I actually like this stand-up that Jerry starts with where he talks about the movie theater. And everybody that works at the movie theater is either less than 15 or they're 80. Uh, yeah, this is a famous stand-up bit of his. I remember I've hear, heard him you know, do this one like on Tonight Shows and stuff like this. Yes. And the movie theater is really all about how life comes full circle. You get a job at the movie theater, then you leave, you get married, you have kids, you work for 60 years, you retire, and then you come back and go back to the movie theater and move over three feet. Yeah. Um, did you ever, ha I assume you never worked in the movie theater. Did you ever do any like menial, that kind of job? Like McDonald's? Mm, yeah. I, my first job was that I was a like clerk in a, you know, a greeting card store. And I had that for a while. And then the only thing I ever did sort of like that was I worked like in Old Navy one summer. And it wasn't okay, that's that. Like a, that's like a very blue collar job. Yeah, really. It really wasn't fun. I had no friends there or anything like that. It really, it really sucked. And you love clothes. Did you just recommend like the plaid shirts to everybody? <laughs> no, no. I don't think anybody really talked to me. It was really, it was very boring. in the corner the whole time? What were you, no, were you like, like, were you behind the counter? there you... and like fold stuff and it was really, really boring. Just try to keep the store clean. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Well, hopefully podcasting, you know, this works out so you don't have to go back to Old Navy. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we see Jerry here at the improv and we find out that his show is delayed 15 minutes, which is going to screw him up for this other spot that he has cross town. I guess Jerry is working on a new bit for the, he's going back on the tonight show. Well, he's going on Letterman Letterman. Oh my God. So it has the six months passed where he can then go on Letterman. Well, right. I think that they did back then, especially have a real, you know, strict rule for, uh, you know, if you did, if you did one show, if you did Leno, you couldn't do Letterman and vice versa. Well, I do think this probably going to have been six months soon because it was in September. It was actually, I think, in August when the episodes aired that Jerry was on Leno. 
So in that, this, that's right. And we this, also thought that that episode might have happened in June. We weren't quite sure. <laughs> yeah. So in the fiction of this is January. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I, I do think, and it's very common. I think also for comedians um, in the city to have like some of them will have like six, seven gigs a night. That's why even LA comedians sometimes like move to New York when they want to work on the material, right? Just because there's so many places to do stand up. Yeah, you go there. to one place, go across the street, you go back, you know, a, a couple of blocks away here in LA. It's like, forget it. You got to get in your car, drive, park, whatever. Right. I think there's more places in LA, but it, right. Logistically, it's not possible. I think there's definitely more places in New York. I think that, you know, you could do stand up like, like coffee shops in New York. In, in LA, I think it's very hard to come by where there's like places to go do stand up. I'm sure you could do stand-up in a coffee shop. They might just kick you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Jerry is trying to get to do his uh, multiple spots, and we end up meeting Buckles. Uh, yeah, like we said, precursor for uh, Kenny Banya. Really annoying. Proto -Banya. Yeah, Proto-Banya. Really annoying. Sort of uh, a tool. <laughs> Not tool time. Not tool time. And so Jerry is like saying to the guy who's running the stand up at the improv, like, you're not going to put him on, are you? He's like, no, no, no. It's just like if anybody else doesn't show up, then we put him on. All right. So they move Jerry's stuff around. He's going to come back for the 11 o'clock spot. Yeah. And he's Jerry's very concerned about getting to this movie when he should really just be concerned about working on his act to go on the freaking, you know, Letterman show in a few days. It's checkmate, Akiva. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that'll help his act. Maybe he'll find something in the movie, you know, to throw in there. But, you know, he's got to like this guy works 15 minutes a night maximum. Like you should take his job a little more seriously. Hey, when Checkmate opens, then you got to go see it. Do you want to talk about Checkmate, the movie that they're going to go see? Yeah, of course. Let's talk about Checkmate. OK, uh, what is the plot of Checkmate? All right. So some of the fake Seinfeld movies, I don't really want to say they're fake. They're real to us. Darn it. But. <laughs> I think some of the, like, we know a lot about Rochelle Rochelle, right? Like, it's an erotic romance. It's about life, love, and becoming a woman. Uh, it's a young girl's strange journey from Milan to Minsk, mm -hmm. right? Sure. But, but uh, with, you know, and of course, the, you know, movies like Sack Lunch, we learn a lot about. Yeah. Uh, but with uh, Checkmate, we know very little about it. So we're going to have to guess, right? It's about chess. And uh, I don't know if you heard this, but there's a lot of Larry David <laughs> in the in the movie. Yeah. Is so it a period film, piece? Basically. Checkmate. I, I, if it's a period piece, the period is like 1980s Russia. I could see this is how I always, always imagine Checkmate. It's like the late 80s and some fake uh, Bobby Fischer type, you know, maybe Larry David played by Larry David or maybe Dustin Diamond. I, I saw that once on an episode of Saved by the Bell. Right, that uh, the, the like the fate of Bayside, uh, yes, was in the hands of Screech. But let's say like the fake Larry David now has to travel to not even the Moscow to some like tiny town like Novograd. I don't know, I don't know cities in Russia. Some tiny town in Russia where it's like negative zillion degrees to face like the greatest chess champion of all time. Yeah, and uh, or maybe it's like he's got to beat you know, you know three of you know all three, and it's like so it's. Uh, there's like a series with a montage and he like beats the first two easily, but he's got to face like the Russian chess champion. And if he wins, uh, what happens if he wins, Rob? I'm not quite sure. I haven't worked that out yet. See, I don't think it's set in modern times. I think it's kind of like a Game of Thrones type thing, because when we hear the dialogue from the movie, the, the dialogue is the, the one guy says, uh, I didn't know you enjoyed chess, your majesty. So there's definitely like an actual king 
Like there is like the plot parallels. There is a royal family. There's an actual king who's playing chess and the actual king realizes that all the other pieces are trying to kill or capture the king. They say to the, the, that the person who says to Larry David, why, why wouldn't I enjoy chess? And the Larry David character says, because the king is always in jeopardy. Did you think the other guy was Jerry? Yeah, that's what I think they, they say on the wiki sign. Yeah, I, I thought it was maybe Jerry, but it's it's like kind of muffled. You can't really hear. Yeah, so I think it's some sort of like set in like 17th century oh, Europe wow, that's or really something old like school. that. Yeah, I think that's where <laughs> Checkmate is coming from. Do you are there dragons? No Jack? dragons. No dragons. Oh, there's no in- dragons on the check on the chessboard. I'm not interested if there's no dragons. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what Checkmate is about. But I'm surprised that everybody's really into this. Yeah, I mean, they really, yeah, it's got, maybe it was like Oscar fodder type of thing. Yeah, I think it's some Oscar buzz maybe for Checkmate. Because they are very into like the English patient is not like a movie. If like some your friend said to you like, uh, you know, hey, Rob, I'm going to come over. We're going to like binge. We're going to watch like the English patient. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in, in 2015, you would, you know, you would never speak to them again. Right. Back then it was like a big deal, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. I, I think they get they get very into like the serious films and, you know, the Seinfeld cast. Yeah. So George gets online for the movie and he stands behind the guy and says, hey, do you have a ticket for the movie? And the guy says, no. And George's like, OK, good. So he's on this line. You can't really blame George here. He asked a reasonable question. He got the <laughs> correct answer. It was bad luck, right? <laughs> I guess it was bad luck. I mean, maybe you go to the front of the line and see what's going on. And also the line never moves. So maybe that should have been a clue for George. Yeah, but I could see myself in this situation yeah. having the exact same thing. Happen. You can't kill George for this. No, no, no. We're, we're not going to default. We're not going to penalize George at all. Yeah. All right. So, Akiva, explain this to me. So, here we have Jerry. He goes to the other club to do his set for 950. And the guy says, 950 was 915. And then he says, well, who did you give my set to? Out comes Buckles. How did Buckles beat Jerry to his own set at this other club right when buckles was already there right jerry he just was blew at buckles the improv off. yeah it doesn't make in, any sense he was right? in both places jerry wasn't like i'm gonna go stop at my house first he was like okay i gotta get to my other thing jerry was going right there and buckles it's almost like either there's two buckles or buckles has like the transporter from star trek or he knows a shortcut i, I don't know but it's impossible to me that buckles could have beaten jerry to the other comedy club yeah, it doesn't. I mean, what time could it have been in that first scene with Jerry? Could it have been 8.45? Yeah, I guess so. Because the problem was, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Because Jerry thinks the show is at 9.50. And so when they delayed him 15 minutes at the improv, that's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make my thing at 9.50. And I'm meeting my friends at the movies at 10.30. So, oh, this is going to screw everything up. So, like, it had to have been like, I don't know, like nine and or nine twenty, and they said like, "Oh, no, you're being delayed fifteen minutes." I was like, "Oh, that's going to screw up my thing at nine fifty. It doesn't make any sense. I, I really wish we had the writer Heyman on for this because he would have answered. I'm sure he would have had these answers at the tip of his tongue. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, do you think that Buckles had access to the DeLorean from Back in the Future? Oh no, uh, I, you know, I, obviously the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> 
But I, I just think Buckles has a lot more luck with cabs than Jerry. Jerry just got stuck in a cab. You know, we see Buckles. Oh, just right. Jerry leaves before him. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jerry went to like Papaya King or something. And, and, you know, and it was a little earlier than we thought. And Jerry was just too anxious to, you know, to go on at that point. And maybe, maybe it was a little earlier. It, maybe the first scene is like 830. Okay. So Elaine ends up showing up at the movie theater with George and she's dying to see Checkmate. And George just hopes that it was as good as Ponce de Leon. Now, this is, of course, the second time we're hearing about Ponce de Leon first mentioned in The Dog. Yeah, so I like we're having, you know, that's that's all what season four is about, right? We're having callbacks to uh, fake movies from other episodes. Yes. Right, and and I I think Ponce de Leon was not what they wanted to see in The Dog, but what they were waiting for, uh, you know, because they they couldn't see uh, prognosis negative, right? Yes. So then they, that was sort of the fallback. Like, we're not going to see this without you movie. Yeah. And then did they like Ponce de Leon? I feel like Elaine hated it in the episode, but George liked it. Or did George? I, I mean, I guess. But also absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like, maybe now he thinks he loved it. But I don't know. Usually it's the opposite, right? Usually you walk out of a movie theater and you're like, that was good. And by the time you get home, you're like, someone else, you hear someone else didn't like it. And you're like, yeah, it was kind of garbage. I'm trying to remember in the plot of the dog, I remember that somebody saw the movie and then they were trying to act like they hadn't seen the movie. That they were supposed to go see the movie together. Was it, did George not even see the movie in the episode? No, I think he did. I think he, I think he lied about seeing prognosis negative. Okay. So they went, did they go without Jerry? Was that what it was? Yeah, they went. They had to go with that Jerry because he had the dog at home. <laughs> okay. He had Farfel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He couldn't. He couldn't go because he needed to go see uh, Farfel. Poor Farfel, <laughs> and poor Farfel's owner also. Nah, that guy sucks. But I, I, I you know, this is probably the last time we're going to mention Farfel on this podcast. Oh man, that, that seems kind of sad. Goodbye, Farfel. Goodbye, Farfel. Anyway, you want to eulogize Farfel? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. So Elaine, George, and Jerry were supposed to see prognosis negative, but Jerry had to stay home with the dog. That's from WikiSign. Yes. <laughs> we, right. I, you know, I think we've both, we've both like blocked out a lot of the dog, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, so George really loved the scene in Ponce de Leon where they got to the Fountain of Youth and then they went up to the mirror to see if they had turned young and then they didn't. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, you know, I remember when we discussed this, we were also talking about our favorite explorers. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big Ponce de Leon fan, honestly. Yeah. All Art right. in general. We, we could have never discovered it. It would have <laughs> been better for it, honestly. <laughs> so here comes Kramer. And he comes up and Kramer really wants to get a hot dog from Papaya King. Akiva, have you ever had a hot dog from Papaya King? Well, I think Papaya King is Grace Papaya in real life, right? I think so. I think that's, isn't that the New York sort of hot dog thing? Yeah, I guess so. I, I've never had it. No, it's not kosher, so I've never had it either. Okay. But you heard about it? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like on the corners. There's one on the Upper West Side. There's a few of them. And what do they do that's so great? They're like 99 cents still for a hot dog. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd rather pay a little more for a hot dog. I think it was too cheap. (laughs) There's certain things you don't want to pay. It's like a couch. You don't. I love hot dogs. You have to love hot dogs to eat a cheap one? No, I love hot dogs, but I'm oh, you love like, hot dogs, so you don't want to eat a cheap. Yeah, dog. I'd rather have a five dollar hot dog than a ninety nine cent hot dog. Yeah, I, a bad hot dog is as bad as basically anything else on earth. <laughs> yeah, so I would prefer. I'll pay extra for a good hot dog. <laughs> well, would you go to 
Grace of Pie and just offer more money? Would that would that make it better or no? I, I don't know. I need to investigate. I don't want to pay ninety nine cents for your hot dog, but if you let me pay three ninety nine, yeah, I'm there. But you know, I would eat. You know, and any hot dog, like. It's it's one of those things that it's like um like I think too much about it, but it's it, they are delicious. Love hot dogs. You're not supposed to have a lot. They like really clog up your system or something. <laughs> like, like your arteries or your news, bowels. Right? Yeah. Hot dogs aren't healthy. Because <laughs> they clog up the system. All right. Well, Kramer's not worried about that. His system is fine right now. His system is going to be fine up until what the finale of this season, right? Yeah, I, I, you're just looking at Grace Papaya online. It looks like, you know, even though it's like 99 cents for a hot dog, they've got four stars on Yelp. Okay. Can we read some Papaya King? No, Yelp? we don't need Papaya King. Okay. Fine. Wait, I did not care for the coconut champagne, but love the, what are you drinking at? Like, you got to stay in your lane at a restaurant, right? I think so. Coconut champagne. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like you go to a hot dog place, you order a hot dog, right? <laughs> That's what you should do. Don't don't order like the milkshake. It's going to be gross. Wait, you can't get a milkshake at a, at a fast food restaurant. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just don't expect it to be good. You know, you should stay in a restaurant's lane. Like if a restaurant offers too many things, you know, ask what 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 the most people order. Ask what the specialty is. Don't start getting all fancy. Okay, fair enough. All right. So Kramer wants to go to Papaya King and wants Elaine to save the seat. Elaine does not want to save Kramer's seat. Yeah, and we feel for her. Right, we've all been there, and that's not fun. No. It is not fun. But anyway, Kramer is going to uh, hold on and they realize that they might be on the wrong line. This is the ticket holder line, not the ticket buyer's line. Uh, yeah, so George never would have realized, uh, you know, but uh, it's a good thing that, you know, people with brains came by. <laughs> yeah. So George asked the guy if he had the ticket and he said, uh, no, my friend did. And then George got really mad. He says, oh, good to be accurate. Yeah, Mr. Literal over here. He's very literal, that guy. All right. So they are talking about whether or not George was spaced out. Yeah, I mean, clearly he was. Like, had he noticed the line wasn't moving, Yeah, he would have realized something was wrong. All right. So George comes back, and the movie theater is sold out of Checkmate. So they're going to have to go to the Paradise Twin. Is that the way they're going? Yeah, I mean, I get confused between the names, but the, the key thing is it's a twin, right? So it's an inferior movie theater. Yeah, Elaine doesn't want to go there. She says it's like a theater that they show propaganda films to POWs. Very vivid that's pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's not, doesn't sound like a good movie theater. Yeah. Are you particular with your movie theater? Like, will you drive further to go to like a really nice theater? Yes. Yeah, I will. What about you? No, I, I don't like leaving the house. <laughs> so you will but you'll go anywhere, basically. You're not a snob. No, I won't go. I, Rob, I won't go anywhere. Like, I'm going to wait. You won't even go to any out. movie theater? Uh, you know, can I tell you what the last movie I saw in the theater was? Yes. I, I'm just trying to think about it now. Well, don't make me try to think either. No, 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 no I'm not going to make you guess. I'm just, I'm just. No, like, I'm trying, trying to think to of the, I'm also trying to think of the last movie theater that I went to. The last time I saw a movie right, so in the theater. What was the last movie you saw in the theater? And then I'll tell you uh, mine. I, I can't even think of it. Um, you know, we never did our contest of not leaving the house. We got to do that. At <laughs> oh, yeah, I gotta, we got to work on that. You might lose that contest. Boy. I had to have seen something last summer, right? Oh, my gosh. You haven't been to the movies all year. That's amazing. Yeah, what am, where do I go to the movies for? What's out? Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, the last movie I saw in the theater was Horrible Bosses. 
Horrible bosses. Okay. Well, I definitely I saw that in the movie theater also. So I definitely you definitely win. Uh, or lose, I guess, if you're interested in getting out of your house. Yeah. Okay. I would say that yeah, that was probably the the last one that I saw. Yeah. So maybe RoboCop was the last thing I saw in the movie theater. Uh, okay. Fine. So maybe we should make uh, you know. I don't know. This contest is going to be very exciting. <laughs> we, I'm one of us is going to win one to zero for leaving the house. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I saw something last summer. I really, I really don't remember. Anyway, so Jerry is uh, in the taxi, and he is uh, then taking the taxi to go to the movie theater to tell his friends that he's not going to be able to see the show, and he is with Buckles. And Buckles talks about how his family moved from Bensonhurst to Sheepshead Bay. Yeah, fascinating story. Yes. And he doesn't eat fish. He doesn't know how Jerry can eat fish. Right. And we say he's a prototype for Banya, but we know Banya likes fish and soup. Yes, that's true. Buckles does not like fish. All right. And Buckles has a favor that he wants Jerry to do. He wants to keep his trench coat at Jerry's closet. Yeah. By the way, I solved Buckles' problem. Did you solve Buckles' problem? What's his problem? Well, so Buckles' problem, first of all, he says is that He's got no space. His closet's all messy and messed up, right? Oh, he needs to call the Virgin? He's got to call the Virgin. Yeah. I think he's too annoying for the Virgin. But the, vo- the Virgin's really... I mean, first of all, she's, we shouldn't call her the Virgin at this point. Yes. Not yeah. after JFK Jr. got there. That's right. But don't you feel like with Buckles, like, doesn't he feel like a very like season one character on Seinfeld? Yeah, he does. He feels a little hornicky. Yeah. A little chicklessy. Yeah, he's just like an annoying guy. He really doesn't, other than he's annoying, he really doesn't have any one trait that's annoying. And I'm sure he's just like a send-up of like different annoying stand-up comedians. But I feel like Buckles does not work for me as a character. Agreed. And it's interesting that Jerry generally portrays like the lesser annoying comedians. And it's never like some guy who's really big time, who's like the Louis C.K. to his you know, whatever. And, and, you know, like some real big time guy. Yeah. All right. George and Elaine are hanging out and they are talking about Rochelle, Rochelle. George would sit through Rochelle, Rochelle. Elaine, I don't think she would. Yeah. George is really, he really should have been born in the internet time if that's what he's interested in. Yeah. I mean, Rochelle, Rochelle, one woman's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. This is the first time we hear of it. And yeah, I just think that in 1993, it's hammer time. You know, you don't have a computer in your house. If you want to see naked stuff, you could either get a magazine or you could go to some like really like seedy, like some sort of like strip club or something like that. Huey Herman Theater. Yeah, something that's going to be, you know, really socially unacceptable. Or you could see some sort of, because Rochelle Rochelle, they've got, you know, nude stuff. But it's also kind of like this uh, under the guise of like this artsy fartsy sort of one woman's uh, erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. Did back in Hammer Time? Did you ever go to a movie just because you thought that like there would be attractive women in it? Attractive or naked? Well, I mean, I either one. Neither, because I was not like my parents never let me watch anything that was suggestive or anything like that. Oh, really? You were like, uh, were you, were you like not, there were like shows you weren't allowed to watch when you were a kid? Um, not too many shows, like with the exception of like stuff like on HBO, but like I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of movies and stuff. Okay. My parents were very strict uh, in terms of what we were allowed to watch. 
Yeah, I feel like my parents, they didn't, they weren't like into it. So they didn't have a lot of rules. Yeah, but I was never like, oh, let me go to the movies because there's going to be some like, uh, like women in the movie I need to go see. Yeah, it just seems so like outdated. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the next big thing that comes up is the idea of Elaine paying George back the money for the movies. Now, the movie costs $750. Akiva, $750 for a movie. Uh, that's a good price. That's a good price. I bet you could, in middle America, you probably get close to that still. Yeah. I wonder, was this just, was this, these are Manhattan prices in 1993? Yeah, it seems very high for Manhattan, right? For I mean, for 93. It's got to be a Manhattan thing. Okay. So, Elaine only has a 20. And there's a lot of talk in this episode. Really, They really do make a meal out of this of, well, you could give me the 20 and then I could pay you back later. Or, you know, they go back and forth on this a lot. Are, are you like this? Like if someone owes you like 12 bucks, were you like, hey, you owe me the 12 bucks? Or are no. you very passive about it? Very passive about it. You'll never mention it again. Never mention it again. But I'll be like, can you believe that he never gave me the 12 bucks? But you know what George is like? Like, remember when you were a kid and it was a big deal if someone owed you 12 bucks? Yeah. So I, I feel like George is still in that state of like seventh grade where it's like, you know, you can't buy something because this guy still owes you like 1150. Yeah. And Elaine says, well, I could just buy you popcorn and soda. And George says, okay, or you could give me the 20. I could buy you the popcorn and soda. And it's just they go back and forth on it and uh, a bunch of times. It's not really hilarious, I don't think. No, he'll, she'll throw in bonbons. <laughs> throw in bonbons. Yeah. So George is really, I think, maybe pretty hard up right now. No, he's just cheap. If George was a millionaire, he would still be this exact same way. <laughs> the exact same way. Is that how Larry David is? It's a good question. I'm, I, I think he is a little bit, but I don't think anybody's as cheap as George is. Okay. All right. So Elaine needs to go save the seats for everybody at the movie. Because they're going to go to see Checkmate. And George has to give the tickets to Kramer. And then Kramer has to give the ticket to Jerry. So again, this is really one of the episodes that we say, if there are cell phones, this episode does not happen. A lot of yeah, things this in this episode don't happen. Does this move to number one in the cell phone, like obviates the whole episode? Yes. Uh, I think 100% because they'd all know where they were. They would have bought tickets online. They wouldn't sit through Rochelle Rochelle because there's a different, they could watch Seinfeld, a XXX parody. So the, nothing in this episode would have happened the same. Couldn't, couldn't you buy tickets on uh, 555 film there? Like <laughs> what they do with Kramer and the Yeah, with guy? movie phone. Yeah, maybe that was just invented around the time that Kramer started doing it. Jerry would have called an Uber. You know, it would have been, nothing would have happened the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. There's, it would have been a lot of texting and people maybe like on their phones in the theater, but they would have found each other pretty quickly. <laughs> All right. So Jerry is now talking in the cab with Buckles and Buckles is going to start talking about a mildly racist bit about uh, Ike Turner in traffic. I mean, it's not so racist, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not ra the fact that he does an Ike Turner isn't racist, right? Is that an Ike Turner impression? Well, see, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about Ike Turner to know that. I, I, I think this might be the, um, what was the Tina Turner documentary? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's love got to do with it? I think was the, I think Ike Turner and Tina Turner were very much in the zeitgeist at that point. Uh, yeah, I don't think that joke holds up as well. 
No, definitely not. And he does a lot of in the the deleted scene for this episode is just Buckles doing stand up. Did you see it? Yeah, I did watch that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was hard to get through. Yeah, probably Ike Turner uh, beating Tina Turner jokes are a lot less funny in 2015. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even like listening to the content of like of his spiel with uh, doing Ike Turner because he Buckles is just really annoying. <laughs> and then he does FDR in traffic. And then he's like, about how they're riffing. And, and Jerry is just like shutting it down. He's like, no, we're not. Uh, Jerry is like really mean to him. I love it. Very mean. All right. And then he finally ends with, uh, hey, can you help me get on the Tonight Show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elaine is protecting four seats as George is running over. And uh, she's starting to get the hang of it. She's pretty good. She's tough. She's scary. I feel like she's the best of the four at the seat saving. Yeah. All right, so George is going to go head over to go find Kramer. And so he tries one more time to get the change from Elaine, and she's like, can we do this later? Yeah, but it's just worth like pointing out, there's so much uh, like bouncing back and forth in this scene. Yeah. It actually would have been interesting to have one of the writers on. I counted 26 scenes. It's a lot of scenes. Like My notes are kind of a mess for this episode. Yeah, same here. It's, it's, I think the most we had before this was 21 and in the like season one, we had five or six in every episode. Yeah. No, I think that we're now starting to really pick up the pace. Uh, yeah, but I don't think, uh, I, you know, I've never counted the scenes before, but I, I do think like this is about as much as you'll ever get. Really? I, I think we're going to get more. Well, the betrayal strikes me like the backwards Indian episode is an, as an episode that has like a zillion scenes. Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, well, I count them. So. When we get to episode 180, I'll let you know which had the most. Yeah. I think they're going to start sneaking up on you. I think they're, they're coming up. They're coming up, Akiva. I think the five is, uh, is safe as the record for low. Okay. So something's going to start here where we're going to start hearing all the characters give descriptions of the other characters. Again, the pre-cell phones, this is how you have to find people. Kramer tells the woman in the ticket booth, hey, I'm looking for my friend who's a five foot 11 guy with uh, flared nostrils. The, the descriptions that they give of each other are not very flattering. No, they're not. And so, okay, tell him if he comes here and I'm going to go get a hot dog. So Elaine is fighting people and uh, she gives up finally and she lets everybody sit down. Terrible job, Elaine. <laughs> very, very bad job. Now, who is the horse face with big teeth and a pointed nose? So that is, uh, I think, talking about George asking the lady if she's seen Kramer, right? So Kramer is horse face, big teeth, and a pointed nose? According to George, not according to us. See, Austin. I feel like that's supposed to be Jerry. You think he's talking about Jerry? I mean, I guess we're, we're just... Hmm. But why because isn't George Kramer, really looking for Kramer? George knows that Kramer's there. He doesn't know if Jerry's gotten there yet, right? Yes, because Kramer is described later as, by Elaine as a tall, lanky doofus with a bird face and hair like the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, so you mean everyone gets one description? Is that what you're saying? I feel like that Kramer can't have a bird face and a horse face. Yeah, but it's different people describing them, right? Mm, I guess oh, so. Yeah. I feel like Kramer we'll doesn't have Jerry. big teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jerry. <laughs> so George is looking for Jerry also. So we see Jerry in the taxi. And uh, he gets out of the taxi and Buckles wants the trench coat. And uh, Jerry's just trying to get away from Buckles as fast as we can. And so, so as the audience, I think we are too, right? Uh, we all are trying to get away from Buckles. Yeah, that's right. Okay. 
All right. So Jerry gets to the theater and he goes right in and says, I've got some friends inside. Can I go in and, and go say hi? And they let him in. And then so after Jerry goes inside, Kramer comes to the ticket booth and wants to know if the guy showed up and uh, wants to know about the guy with the horse face and the big teeth. Uh, no, Kramer says, the guy with the big head and the flared nostrils. Right, and she hasn't seen that guy. Yeah. So her description of Jerry, that's, that's the George description of Jerry, is the guy with the horse face and the big teeth. But Kramer sees him as a guy with a big head and flared nostrils. Right. And the clerk sees George. Yes. As Humpty Dumpty with a melon hat. Or melon head, I think. <laughs> I think a melon head. Yes. But he left. And Kramer, that doesn't mean anything to Kramer. Uh, no. And like, like the, 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 uh, the ticket taker says, it's a very big city. You don't remember everybody you, you've seen in New York if you're just working at a ticket taking thing. Okay. So here's Elaine in the movie theater. And the woman behind her is talking about her son. And this is almost reminiscent of maybe the dingo ate your baby. Because this woman is going on and on and on about her son, who seems to have some curious habits. Uh, yeah, what, did he dress up in her clothes? And he puts any vacuums, and he wears high heels, and he sings a chorus line. <laughs> I feel like they were trying to tell us something about the son. Uh, yeah, and I, I, it's, it's really shocking when she's talking, like how loud she's talking during the movie. Yes. Well, until you realize that it's just the previews. Yes, it's not the movie. It's the attractions. Akiva, party foul or no? I know you don't go to the movies. Is this, mm -hmm. is this socially acceptable, what this woman is doing? You know, I, I, really, I really like the, the, the you know, previews. I mean, nowadays you could see any movie trailer on YouTube. Right. Right. But back then, when you didn't even know what movies were coming out, the, the previews were so exciting. Anything was possible, right? Anything was possible. No, Actually, I still like I wrote the down. Do you have a favorite like movie trailer? Like you saw, uh, you know, a movie in the theater. Like, oh my god, I got to see that. I'm so excited. I can't don't say, say Star Wars. I can't say anything that jumps out. No. Uh, yeah. My favorite one was a Starship Troopers. Yes. Why? What was so good about it? I don't know. It just had a great preview. Good preview. I was really into into like the the you know the, the trailer. Yeah. When I go to the movies with my wife, like she will like be on her phone like the whole time. And I'm sort of like, like, you can't do that. You have to put that away. You have to stop that. And she doesn't Wait, care. During the movie or during the previews? Oh, she doesn't care. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, she like, does like, not follow the rules of society. She doesn't follow the rules of society. No, they don't Why apply to her. going to the movie? Why doesn't she stay home and play on her phone? <laughs> I don't know. What's she doing? She's on above her, the law. She like Angry Birds? She's above the law, Akiva. <laughs> She does whatever she feels like. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, you know, we're living in a society. <laughs> That's right. You should yell that during the movie. Yes. And does she ask you, like, oh, what's happening? Because she's staring at her phone? No. No. She doesn't care. She doesn't even care what's happening. No. No. Oh, so why are you, like, wasting $15 on taking her to the movies? She just wants to be out. She doesn't. Take her to the park. It's free. <laughs> X there. All right. So... George is trying to uh, get back into the movie, but he doesn't have his stub. Yeah, and I think this is like a really good sort of, uh, it's a lesson for everybody that if you're nice, and especially if you don't look like a Humpty Dumpty with a melon head, mm -hmm. people will do things for you more than if you're just like an angry George, right? Right. So he can't get in. He can't find his stub. He says, hey, I came in with my friend. You remember her? Short, big wall of hair, face like a frying pan. 
feel like that might be one of the meaner descriptions that we hear. Why does Elaine have a face like a frying pan? I don't know. I do think the actors were like a, like deep down hurt by these yeah, like, descriptions. Face by like the Jerry one. I think that he had to have been okay on as somebody who is like one of the writers of the show, but face like a frying pan. Let's rank them. Forget about what they said. Who would be most offended by something like that of the four? Well, I feel like the horse face for Jerry, I think, is most the most offensive. And face like a But I, I don't think Jerry cares. I think Jason, we've already established, is very sensitive. Yeah, but what they say about him? It kind of looks like... Hum so. well, the, hum the Humpty Dumpty. Dumpty is fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still think he's very sensitive. And I don't think Julie is sensitive. But this is tough to say, like, the frying pan thing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So according to Urban Dictionary, they call it a uh, face that is uh, flat and round as if it had been hit by a frying pan. Yeah. And uh, does Elaine have that? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so. Weird. It's, yeah. a weird. it's a weird description of Elaine. But Not it's also I just, I think it's really, it's, it's looks worse on George. Like George is just mean and, you know, like he's Humpty Dumpty, but he's got to judge other people. Mm -hmm. So George ends up giving one of his extra tickets. Too bad he couldn't scalp these like at the opera. That's right. Or, <laughs> the, or at the synagogue. Yeah. So George is looking for Elaine in the movie theater. He's like, Elaine, Elaine. And he's just getting louder and people are just shushing him more and more. Are you yeah, a shusher? I'm, oh gosh, I'm not a shusher. No. Yeah. But I have been like the trying to find people in like a dark movie theater. I remember... I went to Titanic with my friend okay. and I couldn't find like him and, and I think we were there with his sisters. Yeah. And like I tripped over a whole row of people and they started yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> was it during I missed the, like 20 minutes of the 15 hour movie? Was it pre iceberg or post iceberg? I think it was like when like Billy Zane is like chasing around uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, or so that's post iceberg. Post, post iceberg, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I couldn't make it. You know, that's a tough movie to sit through when you have, like, a big soda or a medium middle soda, whatever, without going to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's ideal. Like, you want to get there, like, woohoo, Titanic. And then, like, around, like, right before they get into the car, like, that's, you know, and they have, like, the, there's a love scene. That's right around when you want to go to the bathroom. I think there's a site that tells you when you should go to the bathroom in every movie. Oh. I believe that exists. Really? Did George Costanza yeah. invent it? No, but it sounds like something he would invent. When do you go uh, to the bathroom during a movie? Should I quiz you? Yeah, sure. But I'm, <laughs> I have to have seen the movie, Rob. <laughs> uh, this is called uh, from a website called runp.com. Okay, yeah, I think that's probably it, right? Okay. Um, is there a movie that you've seen that I can, could quiz you on? <laughs> well, not, I haven't seen any movies this year. I saw all like the all the good movies from last year. Yeah, I think it's an app. I think you can then it'll tell you when tell you when to go. Oh, that, and you think it buzzes your phone at that minute? Like you, it's it's like ways kind of. Oh, like, do you tell do you tell it when? Like I'm starting the movie now, and you know that would be awesome. That's a good app, actually. Yeah. Uh, when are P times for a newly released movie posted? Okay, so yeah, so I think it's for, yeah, it's a it's an app that you bring it with you to the movies. And again, this would be perfect for my wife who's on her phone and during the movie anyway and needs to go to the bathroom a bunch of times during the movie. And it tells you. Well, she could like, go any. It doesn't yeah, matter. She her doesn't. Phone can come with her to the bathroom. Yeah, and, and and like she cares about the plot also. 
<laughs> yeah. So that's she, interesting. Does she ever talk out loud also? Does she need to be shushed or no? She, that, no. She wants to go to the movie to escape talking to me. Yeah. yeah that's why they say movies is a really bad date uh, thing, right? Yeah. Do you, want a, do you want a spoiler on uh, when to go to the bathroom during the Entourage movie? <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Anytime. What's <laughs> the spoiler? Yeah, give me a spoiler. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. What's a movie? Um, all right. What about during uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> when should I go to the bathroom during Paul Blart Mall Cop, Mall Cop 2? Uh, either number one. Uh, that <laughs> wait, do they tell? Oh, wait, would you say number one like one time? I'm saying number one, not as in like, okay, go oh, because that would be amazing if they're like, well, you have to, if you have to poop, like, <laughs> and no. there's a scene, like, if it was different times, that would be funny, right? Um, <laughs> they say 37 minutes into uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop is when is when you could go. There's well, you a, don't want to miss, like, you could miss some really key plot points, yes. In that movie. <laughs> go at like 27 minutes you're gonna be lost the rest of the yeah, way there's a part where paul blart is uh fighting against a bird uh and you can bird? go that's yeah. 37 minutes yeah and you have four minutes that's just the worst part i think that's when they want you to and yeah, I, but how much are they allotting for your for your pee time four minutes four minutes and then there's another point at 62 minutes where they say that then nothing um when when paul blart says looks like we've come to a fork in the road then you have four <laughs> minutes to go to the bathroom that's amazing but I do think like that's a lot of pressure also. Like, you know, you got to be back maybe not during Paul Blart, but during a real movie. Like, I, don't, I, I can't do, you know, that's a lot of pressure to like run to the thing, like go buy the snacks, decide if you want to buy like another thing at Twizzlers or something. And, you know, you know, to get back in four minutes, that's that's it's a lot of pressure. I'm not sure I could handle yeah, that. I'm, <laughs> that's why I stay home. <laughs> I'm all in on uh, run P. Uh, all right, so yeah. Rob, next time you go to the movie, which may not be for a long time since it sounds like it's been a year. Yeah. I want you to use run P and see how it works. I will. Even if you don't actually go to the bathroom during that. Time. Okay. If anybody's going to go see uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, 40 minutes, 40 minutes into the movie is when you want to go. Yeah. And, and if somebody does use that app this weekend, let us know. Yeah. Let us, <laughs> let us know. At what point do you go during Rochelle Rochelle? Uh, oh, boy. I was going to make a joke. You were going to have to like take out. Okay. Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. Family All right. Show. All right. So. You think we could get Runs P as a sponsor, though? I think so. That would be a good one. Yeah, I mean, because like United is probably too big at this point. I think we've come to that conclusion. Yeah. And uh, who, who else were we trashing? Some other companies that like, there's no way at this point. You know, we've been too down on them. I, was it JetBlue? Well, we're, no, we like JetBlue. We were trashing, uh, I think it was someone who actually sponsors your show. <laughs> nah. All right, well, then let's not talk about that no, again. Well, not nah, yeah, yeah. Okay. DraftKings, so, if you're listening, we're, we're up for that. For sure. Great. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so George is getting shushed in the movie theater, and then he en ends up running out the exit. Yeah, terrible move by George. Yeah. And in the preview that um, Jerry is sitting through, like Jerry walks into Checkmate looking for, the, looking for Elaine and Kramer and George, and he's in the preview, and the preview is for Rochelle Rochelle. And the preview says, uh, Rochelle Rochelle now playing at the Paradise 2. Like, what movie theater has previews for a movie that they're telling you is going to be at a different movie theater. It's kind of crazy, right? That's weird. It's a little weird. And also like you don't even, even if it was at that theater, like you, you don't normally see that major plot hole. Yeah, huge. I do think you could, Jerry, he's, he was asked if he had two regrets. I think because number one regret was claymation. 
Number two was this commercial for Rochelle Rochelle. Right. You could drive a Mack truck through this <laughs> plot hole right here. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets running back could get three yards through this plot hole. Yes. All right. So Jerry just misses Kramer. Jerry's going to get in the cab. And Jerry's going to meet another interesting guy who's sort of just like a caricature of like a Russian guy. It sounds like he's doing a fake Russian accent, right? Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's like a guy who it's like it's nothing even really funny happens with this guy. He just like keeps like delaying him. Yeah, he's one of my least favorite like character, you know, guest stars we've had so far. Honestly, and he's like, buddy, wait, come on, I need to get gasoline. Why doesn't Jerry just get out of the car? Yeah, get like okay, let me get in a different cab. Well, like, once the guy oh, goes to get gas, like, why do you have to pay? Like, if the guy says I'm going to get gas, can we can you get out without paying or no? I don't know. I wouldn't mess with that guy. No, yeah, he's he seems like, scary, but at least get out of it. Yeah. All right. So George goes back to, to go in the movie theater again, and the guy's like, hey, you need the stub. And so George gets into a big fight with this guy again. He gives him another ticket, his other friend's ticket. I mean, I, the first time I understand, because like you're not going to remember someone who left the theater. That's George's fault. Mm -hmm. This time is absurd. Like this time, the guy's just being a huge jerk. Yeah. And then Kramer comes up right behind him and says, like, hey, can I go see if my friend is in here? Yeah, come right through. We, we've established people love Kramer. People love Kramer. He has a lot of charisma. And he's got the Kavorka. Yes, he's the K-man. All right. So Jerry is with the cab driver. They're stopping to get gas. Elaine is uh, really struggling in the movie. And uh, meanwhile, George is going to uh, sit down and watch Rochelle Rochelle. I mean, George is such a sellout. Yeah. And he's really enjoying Rochelle Rochelle until like, who's this Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that sits down? I mean, basically like some gigantic guy just sits down in front of him. Uh, yeah, that's a problem of being, you know, Shaq kind of short sits person. down in front of, <laughs> in front of George. <laughs> problem with being short, going to the movies is like, maybe that's why I don't go. Yeah. You know, but uh, it is annoying. Maybe like the maybe Elaine's wrong. Maybe you should sit in the first row of a movie theater. Yeah. All right. So Elaine comes out. She's going to be asking uh, if anybody's seen her friend, uh, a tall, lanky doofus with a bird face and hair like the Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, I mean, that's pretty accurate. That's the most accurate description. Yeah. I think. I think they really nailed that one. Yeah, that's good. To be fair. Okay. <laughs> so is this when uh, Elaine is going to be buying popcorn? Uh, yeah, so she, right. So she goes to buy popcorn. Do you like this uh, back and forth? Yes, it's very much that it's... Uh, I think actually I think that was earlier in the episode where she's bu buying the popcorn, but she wants a small soda and the small is a medium. Like, I do feel like this is a little bit of a hacky stand-up bit, but it is still true. Yeah, and probably had just started. Now it's like, I think the Starbucks thing sort of like blew it out that everyone <laughs> just made the latte tall, small, grande, like horrible jokes 15 years ago. Yeah. But this may have been funny then. Yes. All right. So finally, uh, Jerry ends up uh, going to the bar to go back to his stand-up, and Buckles comes out. Buckles beat him back there and did the stand-up thing, and guess what? The athlete's foot bit killed. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why Jerry doesn't want to go on after Buckles, right? Because like, if the hacky guy kills, mm -hmm. then you're sort of like, then you're doing... It was actually just, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, Louie this week had a very similar... Uh, you know, plot where like Louis doesn't want to go on after the hack because he's like a disgrace to comedy. Okay. Well, the athlete's foot thing, and we didn't mention it yet in the episode where Buckles talks about like, uh, why do they call it athlete's foot? You don't have to be an athlete to get it. My father has it all the time. And believe me, he's no athlete. 
That yeah, I mean, it's a bad joke, right? But I, I do think you could tweak the end and make it a decent joke, no? <laughs> I think it's all in the delivery. Yeah, and I do, like, if instead of saying, like, he's no athlete, if you and again, they're trying to make him Sanaki, yeah. but if you said something like, uh, you know, he makes, you know, so-and-so look like uh, Shaquille O'Neal, something like that, I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah, Rodman could make it funny. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, give this to, you know, give this to Mulaney. He's, he's going to spin it into gold. So Jerry ends up going with Buckles to go see Rochelle Rochelle. I mean, Buckles has a crazy plan. Like, hey, we could still catch Rochelle Rochelle. Like, I mean, who have you ever said that with like, what is it like a baseball game? It's like, hey, it's only the third inning. Why don't we go check it out? Right. But if this is a different type of movie. But is this the type of movie that you go to with a buddy? No. <laughs> no, clearly not. Like, think, was any of your friends saying to you, like, uh, Kiva, let's go check out Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, no, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be. I a hear there's weird. a lot of nudity in this one. I, I don't. None of my friends said that to me. Okay. Anyway, so Jerry, George, and Elaine—they're all sitting there in Rochelle. Rochelle, what is going on in Rochelle? Rochelle. I mean, she's on her way from Milan to Minsk, I think. Yeah, and what's happening? That she's like all wet, and they're trying to get her to take her clothes off. Yeah, that's that's basically what is exactly happening in the background. <laughs> yeah. And everybody is getting very uh, annoyed during, especially Elaine. Elaine looks nonplussed, Akiva. Oh, boy. Everyone is really. I, I use, Listen, I use the word nonplussed correctly. <laughs> and according to what I was reading, people used it incorrectly. But then it, that became like the, the way, almost like the way people say literally now, but not quite. Like it, the wrong definition became the preferred definition and that's yeah. where we're at right now with the word nonplussed <laughs> all right so i'm nonplussed by everyone's criticism of my vocabulary all right well subsequently then <laughs> we have uh is that is that your is that you well, you used subsequently correctly right you just in you just uh butcher the um, pronunciation yeah yeah there's one other word that you also butcher the pronunciation what of. is that well i don't want to like curry your feelings well you could tell me but, <laughs> well i'd say i'll give you three words and because I hear you speak for like a thousand hours a week, I, yeah. you know, I, so I'll give you the three words uh, that you say. Oh, I have a top three. I'll give me going to give you a top oh boy. Three. Oh boy. And I hope I hope you could cut this out if, if it's too painful. Okay. <laughs> All right. So subsequently, you've probably heard before, right? Uh, I've heard it quite a bit. That's my okay, but I think that's normal. Yeah. Like you switch the, the E to a subsequently whatever. I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. I think you say uh, because. Yeah. Interestingly, okay. I can't I can't do it at the top of my tongue, but the next time you say it, I'll 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 uh, you know sort of. But I I forget how exactly you say it. But have you heard that one before? I've heard that. Okay, heard and then that. there's one there's one that grinds my gears a little bit. What is it? And again, it's because I love you and I listen to hear you like a thousand hours. Yeah, a week. you say just as jest. I mean, what am I going to do? I mean, that's just how I say it. Oh, but now you said just. <laughs> now you put it in my head. Yeah, Look, uh, <laughs> maybe you're trying to say jets every time. <laughs> yeah. J, 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 E, S, so like, I just, just want to go to, you know. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm doing a million hours of podcasts a week. And yeah. a lot of times I'm, I'm really just like talking slow to think of what I'm going to say next. It's not like I've thought of this brilliant idea. It's a lot of times I start talking and I don't know what the end of the sentence is going to be. Oh, trust, listen, Rob, I do one hour a week or an hour and a half and half the stuff I say is nonsense. So trust me, so, I get it. 
the you know the the longer I could make a transitional word, you know, I mean, it buys me an extra half second to think. So of what, is that what it is? You're just stretching out the just until you've got the next word. Probably. I mean, more often than not, I think that's probably the case. That's good. I actually I did a few like three man podcasts, and I actually like that because you're not talking for a lot of the time, and you can sort of think about what you're going to say next. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's good. yeah. I, I think, don't know how like. If I had a, if you have a one man show like Mike Frances or somebody or, you know, Colin Coward, like how do they not just say something like horribly offensive every day and get fired? Like <laughs> five and a, right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like five and a half hours. Like I would say the dumbest things every single day. Yeah. And a guy like Jim Rome is like writing the whole show out ahead of time. And maybe that's what I need to do. Well, like, like the schmoozer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's very hard. Like, especially when there is very little or I'm sure this will come to a surprise to nobody about the, there is no outline or stuff like that that we're going through. Oh, no, this whole thing is scripted. Right. So, you know, I'm working off my notes here, but the different things that we're going to say are probably are not formulated before we come on the air. Right. And then there are days you'll do like eight shows. So by the eighth, you know. Yeah, like, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame it all on that. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the same reason your wife brings her iPhone to the movie theater. Is that why? Because she's tired? I, I don't know. Okay. So everybody is saying, hey, does this movie stink or what? And everybody uh, meets back up. Yeah. And then the movie, right. The movie stinks, but they, they do the thing with the everyone owes George the 750, which they probably could have paid off a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like it sort of ends on a flat note, right? Yeah. A little bit of a flat note. No, I was going to say like, I like this episode better in memory than when we're watching it now. Yeah. I don't think that there was uh, a lot of meat here. There's a lot going on. It's frenetic, but it's not. Uh, there's no classic line by any means. Yeah. What's the best joke of the episode? There's not really. I mean, I like the like, this is a really big city. You know, I like when he's mean to uh, Buckles because Buckles sucks. Yeah. There's really. And, and I, I like when the guy, I guess the best like moment is when he says no to George for the second time. And then Kramer walks right in. Mm hmm. Maybe the best joke in the episode might be the stand-up at the open of the episode about the people that work in the movie theater. Yeah, that's true. But that's, a, that's not even from, you know, that was like you, everyone, that's like one of the main jokes in, in sign language. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's a really, you know, a killer line. I mean, the Rochelle Rochelle stuff is memorable. It sticks with you. It's not hilarious. I don't know. People like the fake movies, so I think this is maybe more fondly remembered than it should be. Yeah, but overall, I was not super impressed with uh, Seinfeld the movie. Right, and just to, to finish what you were saying, so the, like the stand-up is Jerry talking about how he gets confused by the plot. Yeah, okay. And well, I have that all the too. time. Like, yeah. I've never known. I, every episode of Game of Thrones, that's me. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I've read the books. <laughs> nice the books <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Akiva... We've discussed all the different ways that this can happen. Where are you putting it in the rankings? Uh, see, I, again, I did these rankings beforehand. I might actually have knocked it down, but I'm going to be honest and keep it at uh, right outside the top 100 at 103. 103? Okay. Is that fair? I don't think it's a top 100 episode. Yeah, but it's not, it's not terrible. It's not, it's not terrible. You, it's definitely watchable, but not a episode that I would say. Oh my God, Seinfeld the movie! But it's somebody's favorite movie, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, it is. It is someone's favorite uh, favorite episode. Yeah, that's for sure. But that freaking medium article never loads, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you who's <laughs> too many, too many embedded things. 
All right, let's get into some of our voicemails. Of course, the voicemails come to us every week. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. All right, here's our first email from uh, Travis. Travis Almendinger says, uh, hey, guys, uh, Jerry's story largely consists of trying to ditch buckles. And when that fails, mocking buckles to his face. In a couple seasons, Jerry will show a similar disdain for Kenny Banya. Is there any comedian in the series that Jerry likes? Um, no major one that we see a lot of. By the way, Chris at Chris J Ortiz says the movie is Seinfeld at its best. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So to answer, I, I, it's a good question, right? We discussed that, but Travis has a good question. I think he really like it's one thing that the show puts down like network executives and authority, but it's weird that comedians are are like portrayed as like shysters, also. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just weird that that comedians like in in Jerry's world are portrayed as as like shady people. Yeah, and you wonder because Jerry seems to love comedians, but he seems to have a very dis, a lot of disdain for people who don't do it the right way or the right the way that he sees it should be done. Yeah, I think in real life also because you know we we had the the news a few weeks ago where like he's just ripping everyone who does YouTube videos and does things independently on their own. Jerry's like very my way or the highway. You have to be like a legendary comic or get the hell out. Yeah. Or doing it the way, exact way that Jerry did it when he came up. Yeah. All right. Craig has a question. He's from Vancouver, Canada, and he has a fun question. Tell me which fictional movies, if any, you'd like to see based on the information Seinfeld has given us. Okay. Here's the top five, baby. Flaming Globes of Sigmund, which are the planets of our solar system are incinerating like flaming globes. Prognosis negative. A man gets a prognosis negative on a test and then thinks he's going to die. Checkmate. The king's in jeopardy, but it's only a game. Ponce de Leon about Ponce de Leon's journey to find the fountain of youth. And Rochelle Rochelle, a young woman's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. What would you want to see? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm a big sack lunch fan. I think that's the best fake. Not on the list, though. Not on the list. I know it's not on the list. And also, what about what about uh, Vincent's pick? In the comeback, <laughs> the pain and the yearning, wow. five hours long or something. Wow. Okay. So which but one of those? His, from his list, you know, we don't know enough about Checkmate, and I hate Ponce de Leon. Mm-hmm. We, Rochelle, Rochelle, we said is creepy, right? Probably. So, Flaming Glo- Globes of Sigmund, if you remember, looked very like B movie ish, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, we got to go with Prognosis Negative. Okay, I think I would. <laughs> I feel like Prognosis Negative seems like. Is it a downer prognosis negative or is it a comedy? I think the mistake is a comedy, but it's maybe, I think it's a dark comedy. I think that's where Larry would go. Dark comedy. Dark comedy. All right. It might be funny. Prognosis negative. Depends who's in it. We're not going to cast prognosis negative. Let's not cast (laughs) prognosis negative. But I feel like um, Flaming Globes of Sigmund might be too. I'd say I'd see Rochelle Rochelle before Checkmate or Ponce de Leon. I'm not interested. It's just Milan to Minsk. The whole movie's not even going to be in English, Rob. <laughs> it was in English. Do you even know what country Minsk is in? <laughs> I don't. Do you? I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I don't, I mean, it's Belarus. It's the capital of Belarus. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course. That's in, was that where the taxi driver was from? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, like, but again, like, like the Soviet Union had just fallen. Like, was did Belarus even exist when the, when uh, this episode aired? I'm not even sure. You'd have to ask the Virgin's boyfriend. 
Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll right. ask Jerry that. We'll ask Jerry Lockman's <laughs> questions. Uh, Jerry, could you tell us in... Um, all right, Johnny DeSilvera. He tells us that with inflation, the movie ticket price they paid would be... How much? Twelve twenty-eight. All right. I mean, what do you pay, what do you pay now when you go to uh, sit and watch your wife text on the phone for hours? <laughs> well, we go to the ArcLight and it's expensive. What's that? Twenty bucks. If you were like like nighttime three D, like uh, it, it could get close to twenty. What's what's like uh, daytime, not three D? I don't know. I want to say like four, th- 13, 14 bucks. Okay, that's New York City prices, also. Yeah. All right. Um, Johnny De Silvera has calculated. The amount of miles it is from Milan to Minsk. How many miles? <laughs> Do you have a guess? No, I have no guess. I mean, uh, from, so from Italy to Belarus. <laughs> I mean, who knows how many miles? Like, what's New York to LA? I think it's like 3,000 miles. 3,000 miles? Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, I, I think North America is bigger than Europe, right? Like uh, the continent. I don't know. I'm going to say 2,000 miles. 1,000 miles from Milan to Minsk. Oh, that's okay. That's not so long. Not so long. All right. <laughs> Good job. Great research, John. Great research. All right. And Johnny wants to know, did the show know at the same time they made this episode that Rochelle Rochelle would have the continuity that it would when George rented it in the smelly car and made it into a musical in season six's The Understudy? That's right. It's important to point out. Right? Kramer wins a Tony for, for that uh, play. Yeah. Boy, they really, very quickly, I think Seinfeld was predicted how fast that they would be turning movies into Broadway musicals. Uh, was that not a thing when the, when the show was on that happened after? <laughs> I feel like it, it did not happen as much then. Yeah. Have you ever been like, I don't know. I'm not a Broadway guy, so I don't even know like what's a Broadway play. Yeah. All right. A couple more questions. This is from Amir who says, uh, first I'd like to uh, submit for the back to the future casting uh, remake. Uh, Marty McFly is Emma Stone with Doc Brown as Melissa McCarthy. So it's a all-female Back to the Future. Yeah, but now is that too close to the all-female Ghostbusters? Are they going to get like... And then there's going to be so many think pieces about like, is every movie going to be all-female now? Yeah. Where are the men? The men want their... You know, and then it gets ugly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's remake Entourage with women. Uh, but I, so Bill Simmons had a great uh, idea uh, for many years that he thought they should have gotten rid of like Johnny Drama, Turtle, uh, the really short guy who's a Jets fan, um, and uh, and and <laughs> and what's his name? Uh, and Ari Vin, Vin, has a different client. And Ari has like a rapper, and they turn it into like more of like a you know like he, it it becomes like a little more urban and a little bit you know like uh, you know cooler of a show instead of just uh, you know like five more years of Johnny Drama. It like it takes into the rap world. Would have been great. Would have been great. Would have been great. I like and and Entourage like was people turned on it very fast, right? It yes. was a very popular show, and now like it would be like admitting you like Nickelback or like uh, Two and a Half Men mm-hmm. to say that you like Entourage. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. What's the over under on Entourage at the box office this weekend, Akiva? I don't know. I'll, I'll give it. How about over under on the IMDb score? Uh, because the box office is going to be good, right? I uh, see. I don't think it's going to be that great. I think people really like it. The people who aren't concerned with what idiots on the internet say, yeah, like like it unironically. Hmm. So I think it's going to be opening really weekend big. for Entourage. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction. Yeah. Uh, Over under thirty million. 
Oh, that no, 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 no. I was going to say twenty-three and a half million dollars. Right, so you're taking an under. The un, is that the over/under? Or are you actually? No, I'm at, there's no over/under of. I'm sure there is. I'm sure well, you could. Uh, Matthew Barry always talks. There's some website where you could like do fantasy movie box office. So you say twenty-three million. Yeah, I mean that could be high. I have no idea like what the predictions are. See, the big thing is there's nothing else that's really opening this weekend. Well, well we know maybe everything is good, but we're staying at home, not at the movie theater. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> maybe right. we're missing a whole world out there, Rob. Yeah, boy. Here's the thing: it's going to be if the Entourage movie does well, then it will immediately get greenlit for a sequel, which will do terribly. Oh boy. Yes. Well, will be terrible. I don't know if it'll do well, terrible. Oh, that this one, like I've read some reviews that they call it like it's a tolerable reunion. Oh boy. <laughs> like, that was like the best review that I saw. <laughs> that was that was on that was in the trailer. <laughs> this is tolerable. It's tolerable. <laughs> all right. So all right. So you go by the IMDB score. I go more by the Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, I'm an IMDB guy. I'm, I'm IMDB or die. Okay. All right, um, so what's the IMDb? Who's got it higher? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I mean, it may have one already, but I haven't checked. Okay. Because it it, maybe it's been out in like previews or whatever. I'm going to say uh, it's going to be 6.1. 6.1. Okay. And I can tell you that the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the tomato meter? Yeah, yeah. What percentage is it? What do it's you gonna think? Be, it's going to be, it's 27. It's, that's what you think it's 27? No, I mean, what'd you say? I didn't, I don't I didn't know. say anything. Oh, I'm just making stuff up. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Rotten Tomatoes is going to be, see, does lukewarm count as good or bad? I don't know how Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes works. Because it's going to be a lot of lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like serious people shouldn't even review the Entourage yeah, movie. Yeah, 32% right now. Although yeah, it'll probably stay there. 83% audience score. Okay, so Rob, people like this movie. The people who are going to go see it, like it. People like you and me are just going to stay yeah, away. From like my brother, he rewatched yeah. all of Entourage to get ready for the Entourage movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but my brother is a bro. He's a bro. Yes. Can we get a, what's your brother's name? Danny. Can we get a Danny Sesternino Entourage podcast? I think the world would like that. I don't think the world would like it. <laughs> no? I don't think, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Can I, we get, I, I, what if you left the house this weekend. Yeah. Your brother, he, he's in New York, right? He's not in LA. No, but my brother would get mad that I would say I wasn't going to like it. That's a good podcast then. No, it's, it's not mad. worth, it's not worth the Johnny drama in my life. Oh my gosh. Then your mom is going to have to call yeah, up. My mom's going to say, why did you have to say, why did you have to say that uh, you didn't like the, the movie? I, I think this is a good idea. I think you <laughs> and your brother go out this weekend separately. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Akita. Oh, Rob, I think this is worth it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do, uh, who didn't we hear from? Chester. Okay, Yeah. Chester says, after you finish eating at the Chinese restaurant, it's time to see the movie. Wants to know, how does the idea of only going to a single screen theater appeal to middle America where almost everybody goes to a multiplex? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even like, know the terms anymore. Mm -hmm. All right, Chester wants to know, if the Soul movie at the movie theater is sold out, why do they need a woman working the booth? Because it's the only theater playing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's like doing something in there. Maybe she's counting the money they made. Like, I don't, I don't know, Chester. Yeah. Um, Chester wants to know, why would a young erotic girl? Now, I don't know if the girl was erotic, but uh, I think her journey was erotic. But he says, why would a young erotic girl travel from Milan to Minsk? The opposite direction makes sense. 
but nobody enjoys the erotic side of life uh, would prefer Minsk to Milan. When I hear Milan, I think of high fashion. When I hear Minsk, I think of shivering Jews being attacked by drunken Cossacks. <laughs> oh, oh, you're always a party, Chester. I think, <laughs> I, I, well, for, I mean, you think Belarus is not like a very erotic country? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> I don't know. That's not like where people are traveling for to find love. I guess as you get closer to Milan, it's more erotic, I guess. Probably. You probably want to go to like Paris or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then finally... Uh, Chester, was there any sleuths out there who could tell what movie Jerry is referencing in the closing set? Like, do we have enough information to even guess? It was a movie where they killed guys that they thought were with them, but they really weren't. I think that's too generic, right? Too generic. And we're not the guys to answer that question. <laughs> we have just to, just to end, because I, I, someone sent me an email, but they didn't forward you. Uh, not a bad Doc Brown choice um, for Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey. Oh, that'd be good. That would be not bad. And he also said uh, Ellen Page and Emma Stone. He also said Dylan O'Brien. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh, dude. Dylan O'Brien. Yes. O'Brien. Oh, he's a Mets fan. He's a big Mets fan, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he follows Adam Rubin on Twitter. That's why. I know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for Dylan O'Brien. But I think Jim Carrey is a good idea. O'Brien. He was great in uh, the big game, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is it the same guy? I think so. I think so. All right, or Kevin Hart. The guy says, "I don't know about Kevin Hart. He's too young for this." I think. Yeah, boy, Akiva, we really, we really touched all the bases today. We talked about uh, Seinfeld, the XXX parody, how much money the Entourage movie is going to make, uh, the Run P app. <laughs> <laughs> we even mentioned the episode. We talked about the episode. Really, we we touched on Farfall. We really, we really hit all, all our bases. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is really, the thing is, like, we do go on a lot of tangents, but I, I think the important thing is, like, we do actually discuss the episode. We do. We do. I mean, how much more was there to discuss about the movie? No, 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 nothing. No, nothing more about the movie. We could have discussed less about the movie. <laughs> I never want, and anybody, I would never want to see Buckles again. I never want to see any of these guys. <laughs> Buckles has 108 Twitter followers, by the way. What's his name? Uh, I think something Diamond. Yeah. Uh, Barry Diamond. Barry Diamond. That sounds like a made-up name. It's probably yeah. His real name was probably like uh, Barry Jacobowitz or something. <laughs> Hollywood it up. Yeah, but Barry Diamond is way too on the nose. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit too like uh, it's like lounge singer at like a cheap yeah. you know Los Angeles hotel or something. See, and I'm like looking for Barry Diamond, and I can't even get the right one. What's the real? Is he verified, Barry Diamond? No, no, he's got a hundred followers. You're not even verified. <laughs> so how do I find Barry Diamond from Seinfeld? Uh, I, I think if you search Barry Diamond, he was like the third one when I when I searched. Is it the at the Barry Diamond? Yeah, I think uh, that's him. Natural born comedian, Formula One race car driver. Oh boy, he's well rounded at least. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this Sunday, eight p.m. at Laugh Factory, Long Beach. Uh, the makeup for Missing Valentine's Day show. So he's just like go? tweeting out when he's going to be. Oh, but yeah, that's a few months ago. We're not, uh, we're not going to actually go see Barry. <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't have a time machine like, uh, <laughs> like O'Brien. Is that what we do? Like, cause we were talking about like going back to important historical events. Should we go back and see Barry <laughs> Diamond and tell him that, you know, Hey, would you come on our podcast? Yeah. Well, after I don't like the podcast wouldn't have happened yet where we discussed them. So I'm not sure how, Right, but we would go back in time and then we would like tell him like, okay, do you want to be on a podcast with us? Well, email us the week of, you know, June 3rd, 
and then tell us that you're available for the podcast. And then we'll say, oh, great, great. Keith, guess what? Barry Diamond just emailed me out of the blue. He wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> we won't know where he's from. I, I just, I know his bio says he's a Formula One race car driver, but I'm going to call shenanigans on that. I don't think that's true. Yeah. He is, has 109 followers and is following 170 people. It's never good to follow more people than you're following. Yeah. I think actually like your Twitter, like, it, well, I guess there's a lot of people that follow a lot of people. If that gets too far out of whack, I think Twitter also gets uh, suspicious. Well, let me ask you, how many people do you follow? You follow a lot of people, right? I follow a lot of people. Yeah. Then how do you, like, you follow, oh my gosh, you follow 2,000 people, Rob. Yeah. So how do you, um, like, how do you, like, see what's going on? You can't, you don't read all 2,000 people's tweets every day, right? That would that would be a full time job. I that is my full time job, Akiva. No, you can't. You don't see all two thousand tweets. I gotta see. 2000. I see all the tweets. No, I, there's. You have no people out of two thousand muted. No, why would I mute people? There's no way you're telling the truth here. You're just <laughs> Kiva. I want to hear what everybody has to say. You don't have groups or lists or anything. Oh, there's lists. Yeah, you got lists. Oh my god, that, like because I I try and cap my following at about one fifty because. Like, yeah, I'll come in. My kids will come in. They're like, why are you on Twitter? And like, that's with under 150, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I think, uh, I think maybe you should start. Even if you have to cut me out, I wouldn't be offended. I think, I think you gotta, yeah, there has to be a purge at some point. Okay. Uh, by the way, you could book uh, Barry Diamond uh, Buckles from Seinfeld uh, for a personal appearance at barrydiamond1 at gmail.com. Or I think once you get verified, I think you cut down to like, uh, at least triple digits. Or you could contact his uh, manager, uh, Jennifer Garland, uh, with Circle Talent at 310-496-4501. Oh my gosh, don't actually call that. <laughs> uh, he seems like an old school He's like a nice comedian. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> sure he's nice. Yeah. All right. Akiva, what's next week? Oh boy. We, got, we have some old friends coming back into the picture. We oh, got good. Babu. Babu oh. coming back. We didn't love Babu the first time, but I think maybe we'll like him better this time. Yeah. And our old buddy Ping is going to come oh. back. We're going to see what happens with that lawsuit. All right. Well, that's great. All right. So that's going to be next time on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Uh, what is the hashtag here? Oh, boy. Um, that's a good one. I don't know. <laughs> um, we talked about proto-banya. <laughs> yeah, proto-banya. What, what else do we have? Uh, we talked about a $23 million opening for Entourage. Entourage, like, should people just predict the entourage opening? <laughs> yes, but but by the time uh, people are listening to this podcast, some people are going to be like, it's going to come out on the weekend, and then oh, they're going to be spoiled. Yeah, where we record this podcast like midweek, so people are going to have spoilers. No spoilers, guys. No spoilers. Uh, I think it? they can even tell like from Friday night how much the movie's yeah. going to make over the weekend. What about uh, Milan to Minsk? Milan to Minsk, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. Great. Great job Not today, Kiva. Yeah, you know, should that be the hashtag? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess whichever way they prefer. Let's see. How do you spell Minsk? M-I-N-S-K. Milan to uh, Minsk. Let me look at what you the hashtag. If people have used that hashtag. Yeah, I don't mind that. if people are using it. I just want to see how many people are using it. I bet people have used it because it's yeah. like a pretty common, you know, phrase in the. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of people are just like uh, Anaheim has a player named Rochelle Rochelle. What? Okay, so basically they, they, they really they ruined Twitter search. Also, I know I, I claim to be the king of Twitter search, but they really messed it up. I'm, I'm a little yeah. Annoyed. I don't really even know how it works. Um, Vinny Silvestri tweeted. Uh, so basically, Fifty Shades of Grey is the modern day version of Rochelle Rochelle. Yes, that's what you said. Exactly. So topical. 
<laughs> All right. So there you go. All right. So uh, Milan to Minsk is your hashtag. Uh, somebody also tweeted, I Twitter swiped right on some girl because her name was Rochelle. Hashtag Milan to Minsk. All right. So that's, that's a good tweet. That's, that's what the internet was invented for. <laughs> there you go. All right. So great job, Akiva. We want to hear your comments on uh, posterrecaps.com. I think we blew the record for comments on an episode out of the water this past week. Yeah, let's blow that episode. Let's blow that record again. Yeah. At current press time, uh, last week's episode has uh, 30 comments. That's, a, that's, that's good. That's like, good. What, that's what where is we this, Game of Thrones? Oh, boy. We're really <laughs> uh, we're, we're popular here. Yeah, well, we asked people to give us their casting suggestions for everything that was going on with Back in the Future. I saw, I mean, like, there was good. I, I, I don't think, like, Hollywood has really taken notice yet. Mm -hmm. But I do think maybe we could, we've gotten the ball rolling a little bit. Even if we don't get the credit, like, I just want to see this movie. I'll even go to the theater. How about this? I will not go to the theater for any movie until Back in the Future or, or something that's a Back to the Future remake is there. And the, here's what we should do when we write the screenplay for Back in the Future. We're going to build in the time when people should go to the bathroom. Like, we're going to build that into the story. Oh, and then yeah, like, like the studio will be like, oh, and you're like two minutes fat there. That, that's not necessary. Yeah. Like, and then so you don't understand. That's like the pee break. That's we'll have an, Yeah, an icon that pops up on the screen that's like, oh, like, oh this is the pee break scene. And, and this will be like sort of like, maybe not necessarily like bloopers, but it'll be sort of just like a funny montage that doesn't really have to do anything with the plot. Yeah. Do you think this is when, okay, can we ahead. get a sponsorship though, like on the screen, runp.com? You, that could be part of the icon. That could be part of the icon. And and then like the part that's like the pee break. It's just like a funny scene, but it doesn't have to do with the plot. And it's sort of like where, you know, Martina McFly like goes to school and has to take a history test. And on the history test, like all the questions or stuff that, that or actually no, because she knows she would know stuff from the future, not necessarily from the, from the past, but basically she's going to know everything. Yeah, but I just thought of a big problem with our idea, Rob. What's that? And we're, by the way, we're so close to getting out of here, and then we just got on the yeah. tangent. But I, the big problem is if everyone has a pee break at the same time, we're going to have to, like, uh, like the bathrooms are going to have to be bigger. <laughs> People are going to be, you know, no one's going to be able to spare a square. Like, it's going to be a, a madhouse. The, the whole theater is going to go to the bathroom. everybody's going to have to go. I know, but, but it, like, there, how many, like, most movie theater bathrooms, unless they've changed a lot in the two years since I've been in one, have, you know, they have like four, you know, urinals and like a couple stalls. You're not going to get like 100 people from, from the movie in and out in two minutes. Okay. All right. We, well, we may need rolling. Like we'll give them three options, but you can only go after one. <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. All right. Great job, Akiva. Thanks so much to uh, Mike Moore, who writes the recaps, and Scott St. Pierre, uh, who edits uh, so many of our podcasts here on uh, Post Show Recap. So great job, uh, as usual, by Scott. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.